Hello and welcome to episode 37 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I help service-based businesses to define their brand and achieve their version of success. And today, I am delighted to be joined by the wonderful Liz Busey, copywriter, PR, and all-round communications expert at her business, Liz Busey Communications. So welcome to the show, Liz. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really good. Thank you. Brilliant. And today, listeners, Liz and I are talking all about maximizing your content. I am sure that there are going to be plenty of practical tips. So grab a notepad and a pen, and we will see how this goes. As business owners, every piece of content that we create is precious, and we invest so much time, energy, and often so much more into the process of researching and designing and creating and hashtagging and all of the rest of it that every piece really is important to your business to make sure that we're making the most out of it. And if we're not natural marketers, I can understand how that can feel daunting. So hopefully today we can give some tips and help with all of that. So Liz, let's kick things off by just clarifying what we mean by maximizing content. Because I always like to start with making sure that we're just kind of covering all of the bases so we're all on the same page. For me, and and this is what I talk through with my clients, is, is it's getting the most out of it. So you might have a piece of content that you're planning or you're working on that has a purpose. It's a blog post that's going to sit on your website that talks a bit about what you do and shows your expertise, or it's a selection of social posts that's going to go on your Instagram grid, give people a bit of an insight into some of the products you have or whatever it might be. But it's about taking it a step beyond that. So each of those things has their central purpose, but they also have other purposes too. And it's about knowing what those can be and using them so that you get the full benefit out of the work you put in. Because like you say, you might write one piece of copy, you might write your blog post or write your social post, but those words can be useful in lots of different places. Absolutely. I think that that's the best way of putting it. I think that it's often overlooked, Um, And I think some of the challenges that come from a mindset point of view, I guess, would be the way of saying it, mindset rearing its head again in every episode, um, that it's okay to repeat yourself. And I think that that's something that I know that many of my clients have struggled with before is that it's okay to use the same messaging. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and I do it myself. I try and, I try and remind myself as much as I do everybody else that it's okay to do that there is a um there's a stat somewhere and it'll be changeable wherever you read it but it says that a if you have an audience of say a thousand people chances are maybe 50 of them see a post see the blog post see the thing that you've written the next time some of the 50 that see it might have seen it last time but there'll be lots that haven't and so you're not repeating the same thing to the same people all the time you are reaching new people every time you talk so if you phrase it slightly differently but you're saying the same thing it's still valuable and and there's also a rule isn't there about how people have to hear something a number of times it's three times isn't it before it becomes embedded in their brain so repeating those things is the way that they go actually, yes, that is something that I need to pay attention to. They don't just see it once and it disappears and that bit of advice is fleeting and it's gone. 
If they keep hearing it, they get a bigger sense of importance about that piece of advice that you're giving them. And it cements your authority because it shows you know what you're talking about. This is something really key to you and your clients because you keep saying it. So it must be worth listening to. Yeah, absolutely. There are two things that I would love to follow up on that with. One is the phrase, which is you are the only one who sees all of your content. (laughs) and I think that it's something that it's something that funny enough I've said a few times but it's so important to remember because there isn't anyone else out there that sees every single piece that you're creating and if you outsource even you probably don't see every piece of content that you're creating so your audience is only going to see a fraction of that and your audience is so vast that it's a bit of a dice roll as to who's going to see it where they're going to see it and how they consume it so yeah. yeah, when it comes to maximizing your content, like repetition is an excellent way of doing that. I mean, mix it up a little bit. Don't use the same words again and again. <laughs> but that kind of leads me on to the next point, which is echoing what you said about establishing authority. Because if you want to be known for something, that is the easiest way for people to recommend you is, oh, you want to know about, I don't know, communications, go and talk to Liz. You want to know about brand experience, go and talk to Tammy. You want to know about yoga meditations, go and talk to so-and-so. Like if you were repeating the same message in the same theme again and again, it makes it easier for your audience to know when they need you. Yeah, absolutely. And it is kind of, so something that I say to people is that actually, if you want to do this well, if it reusing your content, getting the most out of it, good communications, good PR, good brand management. It's like, it is like a puzzle. It's lots of different pieces. Some of them look similar. Some of them are very different, but they all fit together to create one big picture. There is not one single thing you need to do. There is not one single person you need to talk to. It has to be a mix of lots of different things repeated in lots of different places to all come together and give you that kind of overall impact that you Mm -hmm. want to reach more people, improve your reputation, whatever it might be. But it has to, it has to be kind of a step. There are lots of different things to do. Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant way of putting it. I think a puzzle is a wonderful analogy for so yeah. many different areas of business um, because it can yeah. feel daunting as well. And I'd love to hear, like, I'm really curious from your, ex- your expertise putting together like these communication plans for your clients and things. Does it help them with other areas like managing overwhelm and getting clarity around what it is that they're offering and how they're communicating? Um, I think so. And it, so quite often I do, I start off with, with clients who need one thing. They come, they come with a single issue and they need a solution. So maybe it is, I want to be able to improve the way that I'm posting on social media. I'm not posting enough. I don't have enough time. I don't think what I'm doing is what. So you start off with that and you build that with them and and the elements that they're having issues with. So maybe it is a bit of confidence of putting yourself out there because that that is an issue for so many of us. Um, it's also kind of knowing who your audience is, worrying about posting the wrong thing, posting the same thing too many times, all of those kind of things. When you go through those things and you go, right, so we've got a better a better set of posts for your social, for example, I will always then go, so where else are you using these? What else have you got? Have you got a website? Yes. Have you got a blog? Maybe. Have you ever thought about doing any kind of PR? Are there any other places that your customers are? Do you go networking? All of that stuff to go, okay, so we've done this piece of work. Where else can it be used? And I do quite often find that because people come in with one idea is they don't come in and go, I need a communications plan. That doesn't often happen. Mm. They come in with one single route in and actually from there you open it up and and can see a bigger picture. Um, And that, and as you say, like dealing with that one issue, 
leads on to all of the others and helps with all of the others and helps them see actually there could be benefit for me using this elsewhere and me getting much more mileage out of the work that I'm doing yeah I think that that's I think that that's really the key as well because it's um it's being efficient with your time but in a way that still connects and I feel like sometimes we feel like we're cheating if it feels easy when actually it just means that we're kind of getting a handle on the way that works for us not necessarily the right or wrong way but the way that's working for us at like at that time in that space so yeah it's not cheating if your content suddenly becomes a little bit easier and you find you're able to produce more (laughs) no it means you're getting better that's what it means yeah absolutely so when it comes to the practical sides um of maximizing your content because I feel like this episode is going to be quite a a practical focused one which is wonderful um I've made a few lists of a few things that I would consider ways that you can maximize your content. And I'm sure that you've got bundles of ideas. So should we just start working our way through a few of them and just kind of talk around how that can work, the benefits and how our listeners could implement that? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So the one that I've got to kick off would be um, a way to maximize your content is to encourage engagement because then not only are you producing one piece of content, but then you're also getting the feedback and the engagement from your audience as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really, so one of the things that I I know you will know this and you see it all the time on different posts that people are encouraging, but it's the call to action. Such a small, simple thing, but actually gets missed out a lot. If you aren't asking for engagement, you're pretty much missing out on it. Um, And you may be getting great engagement, but you can always, you can always build on that. There will always be more you can get. If you tell people exactly what you need, then they know more how to respond to you. And I kind of, I say this a lot and it always sounds quite rude, but people are lazy. We are all lazy, aren't we? We need like, this is why things like, I mean, pandemic aside, this is why things like online deliveries work well, food deliveries, whatever else. If we can have it put in front of us, ready to go, we're going to prefer that. And so that's what you need to do with your content is tell people, this is for you. This is why you're getting something from it. And this is what I want you to do in return. I want you to click, I want you to like, I want you to save. And and when they know, then they're more likely to go ahead and do it because you've made it really explicit. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I echo that sentiment that I know that people are lazy because I am people and I am lazy. I came across, you know, on the um, Facebook timeline where it gives you your posts, the cringeworthy posts from like 10 years ago. And there was one a couple of weeks ago where I was like complaining at the fact that I had to wait three days for an Amazon delivery and how I thought that it was unacceptable and Amazon should do same day delivery. And now Amazon do do same day <laughs> delivery. I can get delivery within two hours outside of a pandemic. And I'm like, oh, past Tammy, like you could see the future <laughs> no idea. ahead of your time. <laughs> but yeah, it is absolutely true though. You need to be clear with what you want people to do. And that calls for action, like everything. That includes networking, talk to them and tell them what you want to get. You know, are you looking for clients? Are you looking for referrals? Are you looking for someone to collaborate with? And then when it comes to your content, do you want them to go to your website? Do you want them to go from the blog post they're reading to another blog post? Do you want them to be on their social media going through to your website? Do you want them to book a call? Like really be specific because people love having tasks as well. People love giving their opinion and they love having tasks. (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. people do love giving their opinion it's true (laughs) and when it comes to maximizing your content and the point from engagement 
Do you encourage people to put calls to actions that lead them on to other relevant content? Or would you say, I know that there are different types of call to actions because you've got the ones where it's continuing the engagement in that space. So continuing it in the Instagram comments, for example, or directing them through to their websites, but it's more of your world and your platform. And then you have the sales call to action. So how do you kind of encourage the balance between them? First of all, it's kind of taking a step back and knowing who you're speaking to. Who are the people that are going to be looking at it? If you have different audiences online or on social, certain things might not work in different spaces. So you have to know who it is you're speaking to. If So for me, for example, my Instagram is is not necessarily a sales platform. It's more about telling people who I am and what I'm about and and reaching a bigger audience. Um, And so I'm not looking for the buy now type call to action. Whereas for some people, you know, online shops and things, that might be the first thing they need. And that's exactly where their clients are. So you have to know who you're speaking to and where they are to make sure that it's appropriate in the first place. And then making sure that that fits for you. So it, if you if you are looking for sales, then you need to make sure that you're you're putting up the copy that drives people to that, that tells them exactly what kind of transformation you're giving them, that that really hits them and goes, yes, I need that now, gives them the sense of urgency, gives them the sense of FOMO or whatever it is you're doing. I'm not saying that a sense of urgency and scarcity is the only way to sell, but as an example. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you have to know where you are and if you're in the right space for that action, if it is selling or just liking or whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. You absolutely need to, two things there, you absolutely need to know your audience in that space, but also you need to be aware of your intention of being on that platform, mm-hmm. not just as a piece of content you're sharing, but that platform in general, which is sometimes harder to do than you think. When I was doing it for my platforms recently, when I was doing a bit of a spring clean, I was like, well, why am I on Instagram? And in all honesty, it's because I enjoy hanging out there and I like the people that I meet. Yeah, and it is for me. My, my Instagram is a lot about my community. Loads of other small businesses and people that I know that give me great inspiration and support and just like a real sense of kind of being part of something rather than kind of going, yeah, this is a sales tool. And I think you're right. It's like for LinkedIn, for example, um, that is a bit more salesy for me. And so I can focus on that a bit more. Um, but you have to measure them, don't you? Like, and I did the thing, which so many people do, and I would absolutely advise not to for my clients, but is to be on all of them. I've got Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got Twitter, I've got LinkedIn, and it all, like, it's it's a lot, isn't it? And if you're yeah. not clear on who's on each of those, what you're putting on each of those, and if you've got the time, which is always my issue, to maintain all of those, then you're just kind of going to end up in this crazy spreading yourself too thin and getting a bit overwhelmed kind of situation. Yeah, I absolutely agree, which moves me beautifully on to the next point that I had. Excellent segue. Um, which is about repurposing hero content. So for any listeners out there who aren't aware of what this is, a hero piece of content could be like a chunkier piece of content. So a podcast episode, for example, or a blog post, or maybe a video or a YouTube video or anything like that. Um, I'm sure that there are others, but I'm going to stop there because you're the expert. Um, And then taking that and breaking it down so that you can use parts of that content in other places. Do you say that was a fair way of explaining it? Yeah, I would say so. It, it, it does exactly that, doesn't it? It's it's something that all of your other all of your platforms can look to if you like. If you needed some kind of illustration, as you would a hero, it's yeah, it's something that you can use like 
in lots of different places. It, it can be timed. It can be something that's only relevant at a specific point. Um, it doesn't have to be evergreen and able to be recycled kind of all the time, but it's, it's something that can be applied in lots of different places and relevant to the audiences in lots of different places. So exactly as you say, like making sure you use it everywhere that it's possible to so that you can get the most out of it. You want to get the most mileage out of the work that you've put into writing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, that's the this is where we come back to the conversations we were having earlier on where it's like it's okay to use chunks of things that you've already written it doesn't have to be fresh every single time um as a business owner you are going to be busy enough with everything else that you're doing that it's okay to take chunks of what you've already written and repurpose that whether you take like a quote out of a blog post and use that as an instagram post like that could take you seconds to do minutes minutes to do um, but it could still help continue that conversation. And if it, if it resonates with people, you've already got somewhere else that you can direct them to go if it's suitable. Yeah. yeah, it serves so many purposes. Not only can you test that then and see if I take this piece out of my blog post and it works really well on social, I know people are responding to that. I can use that kind of thing more. Um, but also it creates consistency for you. You're not just saving yourself time. That repetition, the fact that people are seeing that you put the same things on your on each of your platforms, when they look at you as a whole, they can see, they know what you're about, they know what to expect from you, they know the kind of value that you're delivering. Um, because if you put something different on every platform, then you kind of, you throw that off kilter a little bit. And I think people then lose an idea of what to expect from you. Whereas if they can see it clearly, if they click through from Instagram and end up on your website, they know what they're getting and that's what people want. So you're, you're, you're setting that up by, by reusing your content in the right way. Yeah. It's a way of allowing them to navigate your business almost because yeah. if you land on an Instagram post with, um, say, a specific phrase that you're using a lot within your marketing at that stage for whatever reason and then you send them through to your website if you're repeating that phrase it's like I'm in the right place I know that this is where I'm meant to be yeah so it's helpful for your audience rather than um being a cheat or anything like that and maximizing your content by repurposing hero content is if you are the kind of person who sat there going but I want to be on all of the platforms that's the way that you can do it like yeah. that's a way that you can efficiently and effectively if you if you so choose to be on all the platforms that is a way that you can do it without hitting that kind of burnout stage I think where yeah. social media becomes such a chore because you're like I'm just churning and nothing else yeah, yeah 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 absolutely no I totally agree with that because the pressure of having to create something different every single time is huge mm-hmm. it's absolutely huge and it it takes much more time I think than people realize um Quite often you do get, but it's like you're only posting on Instagram. Okay. Um, it might look like a couple of paragraphs and you could just bash it out and that's great. But it, it doesn't, I think like you said earlier, the set you need to research, you need to know who you're speaking to, what you're speaking about. You need to make sure your hashtags are right and do you do the hashtag research first. And all of that can take time and crafting those posts to make sure they're saying exactly what you need them to without losing people when they scroll on, all of that stuff is it, it does take time, it takes longer than people realize. And I think that's yeah, so it's if you're gonna put the effort in, absolutely use it. Yeah, that's an excellent point, actually. It's just shifting the, the focus of your effort, isn't it? So instead of putting in the effort consistently to come up with new content all the time, if you shift that effort to the front end where you're doing the researching and the creating side and move your effort to the front end of the content creation process, it will serve you longer than having to do that process 
each day, I guess. And kind of organizing your, so I've, um, a lot of people talk about like pillars of content or categories of content or whatever you want it to do. But so you don't just have this big pile of content, you put it into boxes, like you theme it so that you can make sure that you are hitting those points about consistency, um, and that you're following up on things. So if you are, if you post something that's a quote relating to one blog post, but then you don't post again, you're wasting a bit of an opportunity. You can make sure that for a week or so, you are, you're continually posting about this one blog post, but you're using different posts every time. And those pillars can be different things, but things that show your authority, a little bit about you as a person and a bit of personal insight into your business, some of your client quotes, something that shows how good you are, giving other third party kind of recommendations and, and those things. You can, you can have lots of different subjects, but it just means that by planning it all out that way, you've you've got a decent selection that still keeps you on a path all under that same banner of what you provide or giving people the same kind of insight into what you do and knowing that you're the right one for them because that's what what you want isn't it (laughs) yeah absolutely and then taking that the next step further because as someone who has previously been quite inconsistent with social media because various reasons I mean we're living through a global pandemic that takes its toll on your mental health your days your sense of time as we were talking about before we started recording as well like the days are just falling into each other at the moment but if you take that one piece of hero content if you create four or five or however many pieces of content from that that you're comfortable with you can schedule that out. So if you're having an off day, if you don't want to be on social, your audience is still getting that consistent experience because you've planned ahead and you've batched it out. So that content is still valid and still relevant, but it just gives you as the business owner a little bit of slack when it comes to, do I want to show up in person today or do I just want to engage today and not have to create and it does and I'll be like again I hold my hand up like my my own personal content always comes bottom of the list I've got like paying clients I've got a child I've got so many other millions of things to do every day because our lists are always ridiculously long um we're all so busy but actually if you've done the work and you've put in the planning and you've got the stuff ready to go and all you've got to do is go yep published today honestly it feels so good to know that you're still out there you're doing a bit you've got your shop front up everybody can see what's going on but you haven't had to sit every time and go ah what am I going to write today because that's so stressful it feels amazing to be to be actually on top of it and and know that you've planned properly and you've written out yeah absolutely and we're not saying like you if you're the kind of person who can batch like three or four months of content at the time like my my hat comes off to you because that's something that I can do Um, but (laughs) even if it's for me a couple of days or a week uh the pressure that it takes off is just wonderful yeah yeah yeah. and that actually I think that kind of leads into kind of knowing how you best work as well so there is a a lady that I follow on Instagram and she sells a she sells a thing like a a course I guess that you would do or a session but you plan 12 months of content in this one session and the idea of it just blows my mind because I have no concept of what I'm going to want to be writing in 12 months time that doesn't work for me at all I I can't see that far ahead so I know that that's not the thing for me whereas like you say if I can do a week or two at a time that's how I work and I work much better that way I know what's fresh right now I know what I want to say today and I might have some ideas for next month but that's kind of as far as it goes and I think if you know if you could do the batch planning and you've got six months all done and dusted 
that's amazing. <laughs> but actually, if you find that a little bit stressful and you just can't get your head around it, just go a week at a time. That's, yeah. that's enough. I would also say that there is an in-between stage as well with that, which is you can have a look at the next six months and say, okay, so these days are coming up. These seasons are coming up. I know that this kind of pattern happens in my business around this time of year. So I know that I will potentially want to post around these kind of topics and just kind of, even if it's just a sentence where it's like, I don't know, a connection post about the summer or anything like that would be helpful as prompts. So when you come to do your content, you've already done half the thinking work because the ideas that you are having at that time are there. Yeah. And I've, that's exactly what I do. So I have a page that is full of ideas, things I will want to write about and and key points in there like my business birthday whatever it might be um so there are loads of different things in there and they are just prompt so that I know I'm not starting from a blank page I haven't written it all out but I know what the idea is going to be and I can select what feels right for me now and develop that from there and it means that I've just got a little head start on myself but I still make it relevant as I go because that's the way I work best so Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there is also something to be said that whilst repurposing hero content and being consistent and making sure that your content all kind of flows together, that doesn't mean that you can't be spontaneous. Like there are different areas where you can be spontaneous. You can share a post. Instagram stories is a brilliant place just to be spontaneous. Yeah. And then you can convert that into highlights. So you're then creating more content without redoing anything. So that's another way that you can repurpose your content. And things happen externally all the time. So they may be related to your business. They may not be. They just mean something that the world is laughing at and you really want to get on board with it because you think it's great. I mean, the last couple of weeks, we've had some brilliant examples, haven't we? With the the parish council having a big argument on Zoom that the whole world is watching now. And the guy, did you see the one, the American man who had the cat filter on? tagged in that so often so it was a zoom call of a court case I believe yeah I think so I think it was two lawyers and a judge but one of the lawyers had a cat filter on his zoom um screen that he could not get rid of and he felt the need to confirm to the judge that I am not a cat that was amazing you might want to post about that you could have nothing to do with the legal system or cats but it actually is just a brilliant thing that is very funny and we all need as many moments of light as we can get right now so I mean those things will happen and you can just pop them into your schedule or just post about them today and and still still carry on with, with everything else that you planned around it I love that I, I really I really want that on a t-shirt like just to confirm <laughs> I'm not a cat <laughs> oh my goodness I was tagged in that and I had it sent to me so many times that and the video of the American woman who tried to make a she showed how to make tea in a microwave I didn't watch it I heard it was an atrocity she shouldn't have given me a tea bag that woman that was awful yeah it's not we'll move on from this horror (laughs) um So, yes, so that was quite a chunky section actually around repurposing hero content. But I feel like it's one that I'm very passionate about because it allows me to be on all the channels that I want to be on because I like to talk a lot. So it's helpful to have that kind of method and that strategy because if you're the kind of person who needs a checklist, repurposing hero content is a fantastic way of doing it because you can literally say, right, I want to have three Instagram posts, one will be a quote, one will be a snippet and one will be an image from the blog post or whatever. You can literally break it down like that. So each time you know exactly what you're creating. 
Yeah, definitely. And it, it leads on to other things that like we have. We've talked a lot about like blog posts, websites and, and um, social media. But equally, like you might have a newsletter. You need to be trailing all those things into your newsletter. The blog posts are doing really well. If you've had a social post that was brilliant, like if you posted about the man with the cat face, put that into your newsletter. Did you see this this week? Let's share this funny moment that I know people are liking. Or if you have like maybe you want to be able to expand that into other areas, you might have printed media that you might need to put out leaflets for people or letters that you write or whatever it might be. And and you can use all of these things in different ways to, to reach people and talk about the stuff that's important. Yeah, I would also say something that we haven't really touched on is if you're working with a an external professional as well. So if you're working with a copywriter or a social media manager or communications expert or a brand professional, hey, um, <laughs> any of those things, if you can be efficient with how you're using that content, that one investment could last you so long. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've, again, I've done that with clients as well. I've started off doing one thing for them and then expanded it. Um, so I've started off writing blogs for a number of people speak to me about blog writing and they start off with that one thing. And I've got a client at the moment who now I write her a blog, but I also then create a newsletter to go with each one and a series of social posts. And then, and she loves it because she's got all this stuff good to go and she's reaching more people and she's doing that whole thing. She's being more consistent and she's delivering it and it it works really, really well. And similarly, like I've not mentioned PR yet, but that works with that as well. If you, if you know what's really working for your audience and you know what people respond to, you can use that as part of PR. If you want to look into kind of the media world a bit, then you know, there are subjects that really work for you and you can maximize on yeah that would be great actually do you want to are you happy to share a little bit more around using PR and pulling from your content channels for that um so uh and I will talk about a bit of an example at the moment so quite often if you if you have a story that's the easiest way to start with PR if you have something that you know is going to be interesting to talk about you've got a launch you've got something that's like a that is a hook um, for both journalists to write about and then people to read about. If you don't, then your second step, I guess, um, is to look at, well, how else can I be of value? How else can I be interesting to people? What is going to get people to want to write about me and read about me? And that might be in providing case studies for the work that you do. Um, show, so not you don't just then talk about what you do, you're showing people by giving a third-party perspective, and that's always so good in terms of kind of reinforcing how brilliant you are really at what you do because it's someone else saying it and not you. Um, or being an expert commentator on something. So it might be, so say, for example, um, working with an interior designer, there is a big story about a trend in interior design at the moment. Maybe everybody liked the flamingo wallpaper that was like really fashionable when that all started coming around, that tropical theme. I could then pitch my interior designer client to say, do you want to talk to this lady about why that is so popular and which clients she's seen and what they're telling her about why they want it in their bathroom or their lounge or whatever. So she's not even necessarily launching something or talking about her own story, but because she's talking about something that's relevant and topical right now, she's then seen as it it raises your platform. You get to be seen as someone who's a leader in your field, who has that expert opinion that you should be listened to. And, and all of that contributes to the raising of your profile and, and your reputation. And there are lots of different ways that you can get in as comments or contributors without actually necessarily having a big story to sell right now. I'm trying to think of examples because that's always the best way to illustrate it, isn't it? Last year, when the pandemic first started, 
And there was a big wave of um, people trying to help, wasn't there? With loads of people, business shut down. None of us really knew what to do with ourselves. And there was all this work where people were helping out um, the NHS or care services in different ways. And a lady that I know, I did a story for her that went into a national magazine because she, her business wasn't working. She works in soft furnishings normally. She raised thousands and thousands of pounds online to buy loads of material and made scrubs to send them into hospitals and to doctor surgeries and loads of stuff. And she was just making scrubs, thousands of sets of scrubs. And that story, so it wasn't about her business. It wasn't about any of the people that she'd served or anything else, but it was topical because it was happening right now. Everybody wanted to know what was going on. And she had a lovely angle to it. She was supporting her local community, her local hospitals, the NHS, by doing this thing, just using her skills. And that story was really lovely. And, you know, it, it served a purpose for her. got her a bit of PR. Um, but it, it didn't necessarily have to be based on a story. So there are opportunities sometimes when things happen just to be able to step into it and go, well, I'm part of this and this is how. And all of that contributes to how you are using content, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And one piece of PR, because um, I had Sky Ferguson was a guest recently on the show. Um, and we were talking about PR and kind of what it is and isn't because there's a lot of misconceptions for small business owners. But using a piece of PR content, even if you were featured giving one sentence of advice with your name and your business, you can share that on your social channels. You can share the article onto your website as a guest blog post you could have the little logo that appears on your website as featured in you know there are so many different ways that you can then take that content to really drive down into that authority piece and showing that you're an expert because exactly like you said it's show don't tell isn't it it is and I I will be putting this podcast onto all my channels and telling people that I'm doing it (laughs) look at something that I'm doing like it's you've got to get the most out of it otherwise it's and this is another thing it goes back to that whole puzzle analogy I think because if you just have that one if you talk on a podcast or you have one story in the local paper whatever it is and it happens and it's gone You've, there's more you could do. You could be sharing it with other audiences. You could be telling people that you're doing it and you could be coming back to it a month later and going, do you remember that thing I talked about in that article? Look at what's happened now. I've just helped a client with the same issue and you could be getting so much more out of it and that and that's why it, it always has to be part of like a bigger picture. One, one hit wonder on its own is great and it will serve you, but it will serve you for a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And that actually moves me on to another point beautiful I love this this is working (laughs) (laughs) which is revisiting past content so if you do seasonal content or if you shared something that was really well received a year ago or at a particular time when a particular event or like you said news story anything like that any trend kicked in there's no reason why you can't go oh hey do you remember this piece of content that I shared last year on this thing because that shows that not only are you an expert but you were ahead of the game and you know (laughs) how that content was received so you know it'll do well again your audience has probably grown like it's a great way of doing it it really is extra bonus points yeah for sharing it again and it's I think exactly as you said like it could be seasonal um it could be something like Christmas there's one that we can all do things around every year but again you don't necessarily have to be thinking up fresh stuff every year because the stuff that you shared last year around Christmas or whatever it might be is still going to be valuable and relevant to people this year so you can still use it update it like you said before don't just copy and paste it straight back out the door but 
still use it. That same theme, that same key point is still going to be relevant. So you can just re revamp it, make sure it's good for now, it's fresh, but but still use it again. It's it's definitely, definitely valuable for people. I think that as business owners and as individuals, as people, we grow each year so much that when you revisit something that you did a year ago, when you read through it, you'll probably find there are bits that you'd improve on and bits that you'd keep. And that's exactly what you can do. Like you, you've done most of the work already. You just need to freshen it up. Like you said, add in any new insights that you've had. So it's revamped. And then you can send that out as well. So again, it's half the hassle of having to come up with new content again. And it's familiar. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you say, this, that things do happen. Things do update. You will look back and think something slightly different. But actually, we are on the same cycle year after year. And not only could what you're saying still be valuable this year as it was next year, but your audience will have changed too. You won't be talking to the exact same people. There'll be people who haven't seen you talking in this way before because they, they weren't here last Christmas or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's it, there are so many reasons why it's definitely, definitely a good idea to just keep, keep revisiting the same stuff and in any industry there comes a point where you have to start talking about the same stuff again because yeah. you can't nothing nothing is nothing is original nothing is brand new anymore and you will run out eventually if you try and make it different every single day of the week so you have to find different ways of repurposing can you imagine you get to the point you're like right well I've talked about everything that there was ever to talk about about brand now I guess I'm done yeah thanks guys (laughs) social channels are closing there's nothing else happening um yeah absolutely that's a fantastic point actually because what if you never repeat yourself what are you going to do when you run out of ideas exactly like that is so restrictive yeah right and if you think about like the conversations that we have day to day people talk about the same stuff all the time like we repeat the same things in different conversations with different people so you're just mimicking the way that we all interact anyway Mm, all the same conversation with the same people to be perfectly frank I can't remember who I talk to about what nowadays (laughs) (laughs) and we've got nothing to talk about because we're all stuck indoors all the time so we just say the same thing yeah honestly whatsapp voice notes have just been a savior for me (laughs) um right so moving on from the repurposing of content uh that you've previously created for your audience that has now grown I would also say um I've put making sure it's responsive for any device but I think that actually what I would say is there will be new platforms and new technological developments that are entering our everyday lives that mean that your content can be shown in a new way yeah agreed I don't think you know five years ago none of us knew what Snapchat was TikTok like all of that yeah and now uh, I've forgotten the name of it the new Clubhouse that's it Clubhouse Clubhouse. Um, yeah so so yeah these these things are going to come around and there'll be new opportunities for you to reach people definitely so yeah and it's not even if it's your channel like podcast has just exploded over the last kind of well (laughs) over the last lockdown or two but I think a lot of that is also just because it was a platform that was in existence that felt unreachable when actually now technology is at the point where it's not but that doesn't mean that you have to start a podcast or you have to start a blog you can guest post and that's another way that you can talk about the same messaging in a new way to a new audience. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly the same as like you invited guests on, isn't it? It's just, yeah. it's it's kind of, 
So you've got all your expertise that you're serving to people through your podcast, but you're bringing in different elements with each of your guests to kind of just round that out and look at different subject areas. And I think I think you're right. It's, it's the same thing Like you might not be able to take on creating your own podcast or your own blog or whatever it might be. But you can certainly just drop in and support other people and, and do guest guesting for each of them. Yeah. Hmm. I think that is a great, that's how I started. I started by doing a few guest posts just to see if I could actually talk coherently for that amount of time without <laughs> tripping over my words, without finding that I just ran out of things or that feeling when, you know, it's ridiculous, but that feeling that suddenly clutches your chest just before you're about to speak where you're like, you don't know anything about this subject. Like I've been working in this field for 15 years. No, your brain's just like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about tacos. So yeah, try if you if you're unsure if a new platform is for you and it's going to work for your content, try it out. Try it out as a guest rather than taking the pressure on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So the next one I have is using analytics to discover your audience response and tailor your content. So effectively, looking back and seeing what worked well. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And this. Um, this was something that kind of, for a long time, I was always like, well, how can you know? How can you, the whole thing about using your analytics, knowing your audiences, user personas, all of that stuff. I was like, but how can you ever be 100% sure that you know exactly who your audience is and where they are and what they read every every moment of the day? And and actually, I think it's that that is a classic overthinking example. Like you, you need to know who you're talking to, but you, you're not going to know them to the nth degree. But that... Are they just the basics of kind of, is your audience female? Is it male? What kind of age group are you looking at? What kind of things are they into? Are they affluent? Is your product expensive? Do you want them to spend a bit more? Or is it more of a budget thing that might be more affordable, more accessible? Those kind of key points feed into your audiences and all of that will help you decide your tone of voice, your branding and everything else. And then you break it down into your analytics. So on your website, on your newsletters, on your social posts, who's actually looking at them, who's reading them, who's clicking on things. I love on a newsletter um, the the analytics that you can get about how many people actually clicked on a link. And if they watch a video, how long did they watch it for? Two seconds and drop out or for the whole thing? Like the detail you can get is brilliant. And you can use all of that to just develop what you do um, and make it a little bit better. You can get feedback so quickly now with with things like like social media, particularly. You get like there's the whole instant gratification thing. But you know what's landing. If you look back over your posts over the last, say, three months, you will very quickly be able to see that one bombed. Don't need to do that again. But people really like it when I do this. So let's focus on that a bit more. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And then that helps you shape the way that you're framing your content going forward, because it might not be that the message isn't landing. It could be the way that you're delivering it. Yeah. So if you do three or four different posts from whatever a piece of content is, um, and you find that two of them land and two of them don't, it might just be that your audience prefers quotes to um in-depth analysis and carousels or it could be that they prefer imagery like there are so many variables when it comes to finding your audience I I kind of break I rebel against the rules a little bit shockingly because I don't believe that you need to know all of the ins and outs of your client exactly like you said I think that if you're putting out content that you enjoy that you know that you're the people that you would like to work with would enjoy, then that's going to be enough and you can worry about the detail later. 
I do I have to say I do agree with it to a point because I always kind of think like for myself all you've got is your own personal perspective isn't it really but yeah. there are days when I'm happy to sit and read the long form articles I'm happy to sit and, and go into every detail and sit and watch a whole three minute video and do everything else but actually there are days when I'm totally not I'm not into social media today I don't want to engage I don't want to read anything I don't want to click on it I will scroll through and I will overview and that's it and People are different. We don't all behave in the same way all of the time. So actually, yeah, if you if you try and do that and know it, know every single detail in the way that people use different bits of your content, you, you're going to get tangled up because they, you know, people are changeable. So I think you're right. You need to have have an insight, absolutely, have an idea, but enjoy it. It's a huge yeah. advice, isn't it? Is that if you are getting yourself too stressed in it, you need to take a step back. You need to enjoy what you're doing and part of the process and know that you're. You're serving a business in the right way and that it definitely is delivering what you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's that whole, I had a quote and I can't find it, but if I do, I'll put it on Instagram where it was, you shouldn't worry about the short-term results. You should worry about the goals that you're setting. So it was more it was more eloquent than that. But it was all about ignoring the instant gratification of how well a single Instagram post did and instead reviewing over three months how your client intake has increased. That's why we're in business, guys. We're in business to make money and that's okay. Like That's why we're here. We want clients. We want to make money. That one solo Instagram post is unlikely to be on its own in isolation, the trigger for for an audience member to convert. But your content over a three-month period will inspire a number of people to then become clients. So that three-month period of everything is more important than that single Instagram post. It, it comes back to that puzzle analogy again. It yeah. is, it's not, there's one thing and it'll work, but it'll, it'll be, you know, you'll connect a couple of pieces and it'll look great, but actually you need the whole thing. You need to have... You need to put in the effort, spend the time, because then when you step back, you get the full impact and you go, okay, now I can see what I'm looking at. Now I know what I can move on to next because I know what works for me. And yeah, you, like you say, over a really short period of time, a day or a week, it's just not enough to know um, because because it doesn't factor in all of those variables. But like you say, if you can say, oh, crikey, in the last month, I've had a spike in clients. So if I look back over the last three why have I done that? Why has that suddenly happened yeah. when all I'm putting out is X, Y, Z? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that really helps because when you're sat there and, you know, spending this time to make sure that you're making the most of every piece of content, mm. if you get more time back, that gives you more time to serve more clients. Yeah. Like, it's beneficial for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So the last point that I've made a note of is planning and batching because I feel like as much as it's great to sit here and say, yeah, you just do this. It is important to understand that there is a certain amount of energy input that you need to put in, in order to get that output. Like you can't create from nothing. So planning and batching is something that I think we've touched on a few times throughout these conversations. Do you have any tips on how to effectively kind of plan and batch, particularly if you're not that kind of person at the moment, but you want to be? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
I so I kind of take it in stages. It it can be quite. It's one of those things. I think it almost falls into the too difficult box if you let it. Like it, it's it is a big thing, and if you're not used to doing it, and even for people that are, like it it, yeah. it still can be. It's a huge task. So I think break it down, same as any kind of goal. Make it into little steps. So what I would start with is a like time. Don't try and do it in 15 minutes before you're about to move on to a call or whatever else. Like give yourself like an hour where you can sit and go. What do I want to talk about? Just top level, a few ideas, a few prompts, brainstorm it a little bit. What do I want to talk about so that you've then got ideas to build on? Um, And from there, you can break it into, okay, so have I covered different areas of my business that I want to talk about? Have I made sure that it it isn't missing any gaps that I think are really important or anything that I know is successful on my Instagram already or on my blog posts or whatever it might be? And then from then you can chunk it into stuff. So you've then got your headings, you know, a direction of where you want to go, you know that you've covered all your bases and then you can start to write. And that's personally, that's how I find it works. And from there, then you can, like I said earlier, when you think 12 months of content, oh my God, how am I going to do that? Or even like six or three or one sometimes. Or a week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But once you've got those prompts, you'll have a little list and you've started from. And I find that thing about trying not to do it in a 10 minute gap my brain is blank if you ask me now to come up with ideas for next month I won't be able to do it if I can sit for half an hour sketch out some ideas just have some things down from then my brain kicks into gear and it goes yes that's important because we need to also make sure we say that don't forget to mention somebody else like whatever it might be and your brain will start to focus on those things and your creativity will flow a bit and you'll you'll be able to fill it out and there are some really easy ways if you do find yourself with a mental block of like what do your clients ask you? I ask this a lot when I'm writing blog posts. So, okay, here's the subject that we're writing about. That's really good. What do people ask you about this? What do your clients say to you about this? Because that immediately is an indicator of what people want to know. So develop that. If you get asked the same question all the time, I did a post, a blog post, I think last year at some stage, it all rolls into one, doesn't it? Um, (laughs) Because I had a conversation with a guy who was like, I need a copywriter, I don't know what they are what do you actually do and I was like okay this is a really good point because I do this every day I talk about copywriters all the time you forget that there are people outside of that sphere who might have never even heard of one so I wrote a post what is a copywriter what do they do Um, and like you say you had someone on previously talking about what actually is PR and what is it not because those things can be just as useful to people as going into all the detail. So I think if you think about the conversations you've had, that's always a really good driver for content and give to give you a few pointers. And then, as I say, break it into chunks and just build. That was a really long way to give a very short answer, wasn't it? No, I think that that's great. I think like, everything that you've said there is fantastic. And I think that it's really important that when it's it's important to plan for not feeling creative if that makes sense i mean as a as a creative it's something that i have to do within my business because if i don't feel like creating and i've got six client projects backed up i it's not not always a choice like there are things that you sometimes the best option is to step away so it's it's knowing what inspires you so to add to what you've said um, I find reading some of my past ideas really helpful, even if they're ideas that I never used. I've got so many notes on my phone and post-it notes and Trello and Asana and every other platform. Pen and paper is the one for me. I don't get on, I don't know why. I've tried lots of them. Trello's good, but 
I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get on well with the automated platforms. I, I just, and it's not the most effective way of doing it, but just notebooks. I've got so many. (laughs) Yeah. My phone is my savior because I write in all the different notes that I've got there and I've got various ones and it's all, it's, I say always, it's usually with me, which is always quite helpful. (laughs) And you can yell at Google assistant if you don't have it in hand and it's out of reach. You can, um, I'm not going to, say the trigger words because my phone will chirp up but you can you can dictate to them to save a note for later and the same with the home ai of your choice that may start with an a very good yeah i've got one next to me that i don't want to settle <laughs> uh and along with all of yours dear listeners if i suddenly say that word <laughs> um but the other one that i've got is what is the thing that really annoys me about my work or my industry because i find that that's a really fun question to ask my uh business coach adina crow usually asks that one as well because Sometimes it's easier to think about things that you don't like than things that you do like. I don't know if it's a British thing. I don't know if it's a female thing. I don't know if it's just a general human thing, but going, it really irks me when this happens is a great way of writing a post to say what to do when this happens. That's a really good idea. And I think you're right. We're, we're so much quicker to find the negatives than the positives, aren't we? Actually, that's a really... And even if you, you know, you don't want to talk about a negative thing, you can spin it. You can make it positive. But if you think about that, what are the problems that I have? Even as a consumer of, of other brands, like what are the issues that I have that I think I could spin and make yeah. a subject out of? Yeah, there's, there's, there is literally stuff every day that you could, you could develop. Yeah, but it just takes a bit. And the beauty with that one as well is that you can write from both sides. So you've got two pieces of content. So you can say, this is what irritates me about this. This is what you can do about it. Or, you know, um, a good one that I wrote ages ago that I don't even know if it's still on the website was how not to give feedback to a designer. And then one which was like top five tips for giving effective feedback. You can take the content and write it from a different perspective. So that's another way that you can kind of maximize those ideas. Yeah, definitely. So I think I saw that post and that was really good because... There are so many things, aren't they, that that annoy designers. Like I, I am the worst for when I go to a designer and I'm like, I know what I don't want, yeah. but what I do want is yet to be defined. Please create it. <laughs> I don't want all of these things. I know exactly what it's going to look like in my brain. Yeah. Can you make that happen? <laughs> I'll know when you make it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you make it a little less blue? It's red. Sure. <laughs> Hey, look, this is another episode that I may find a selection of designers to uh, talk about. But it, it is difficult. And I think that what you said about writing a post about what essentially it is that you do at a base level yeah, can be yeah. really important because, you know, as a designer, I can sit here and laugh and every industry have their memes and every industry have their jokes. But, you know, those exist because people, there's there's a gap somewhere where people don't quite understand what it is you do or how they can work and interact with you and that's a fantastic opportunity to create some content and start that conversation because education is the way that leads to change yeah 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 yeah. absolutely yeah because you know I see 16 different shades of blue and you see one like yeah exactly (laughs) experience thing (laughs) Yeah. yeah awesome do you have anything else I feel like we've covered a huge amount here the main thing I think that 
I would always go with if you ask me for one point is just to plan it just to like if you have one idea and that sparks something that's great but always like have a bit of a plan around that how else can you use your content what other opportunities might be coming up over the next few weeks months or however long is relevant to your project and just make sure that you you do get the most out of everything you create because that that's the opportunities that are absolutely there for you yeah, absolutely. I'm going to echo something that you said right way, way back at the start, which was where else are you going to use this content? Just ask yourself every time you're creating, where else am I going to use this content? We will wrap it up there. But if you, dear listeners, want to hear more, then Liz, where can they find you online? um well my so my website is simply uh lizpusey.co.uk it's very easy um i'm lizpusey.coms on instagram and i'm lizpusey on linkedin so i just keep saying my name again and again and again but the one thing the surname i know we talked about this before we started recording my surname is spelled p-u-s-e-y that that trips a lot of people up so yeah liz pusey uh, it's not very popular, so you can quite easily find me. <laughs> well, as always, I will put all of the links in the show notes below so the listeners will be able to find you and come and hear more about your expertise and all of these wonderful tips that you've been sharing. Um, and I just want to thank you so much for joining me today because I feel like there is just so much value in this. Yeah, it's been really good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me anytime and listeners if you'd like to find out more about Liz then not only will her links be in the show notes but she'll be joining us back here again on Thursday where she'll be sharing her business journey with us so far so be sure to tune in there and until then I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode and if it's inspired you to look at your content differently so come on over to our community on Instagram or Facebook the links are on the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge